Okay, let's do it. Uh, Substack. This is going to be uploaded to my Substack. Uh, This is the 2023 St. Louis Cardinals season preview show. And I'm noticing now on the video version of this, which I don't know if I'm going to release, I kind of screwed up the centering of the the font next to me. But that's that's neither here nor there. Um, All right, so... I don't know if I've written anything about the Cardinals. Maybe I have on the Substack. I don't think so, though. Oh, I did actually. You know what? I wrote about Contreras. And I wrote about Chip Carey. Anyway, uh, so my plan with Substack is to just cover everything I can for the teams that I like. Not really cover, but like if I see a, a topic and I want to write about it, I write about it, which is why I wrote about signing Contreras and whether they were going to do anything else after that. They didn't. We'll get into that. Um, and then I also want to you know, do some podcasts talking about the Cardinals, talking about the Blues, occasionally talk about the NHL. Uh, it's a platform I can do that on. Obviously, I have college basketball on other platforms that I do um, that. The Packers, I'll be doing the same thing. Once the Rodgers trade is official, I plan on delving into his career in Green Bay and all that stuff. But anyway, this is for the St. Louis Cardinals. Opening day is on Thursday, March 30th. I'm recording this uh, Tuesday night, March 28th. Uh, the Cardinals open up the season at home against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, a bit of a weird way to start the season, given the fact that these teams played last season. But now with the new schedule changes, obviously the the ability now to be playing everybody every season is definitely going to be a, a change to get used to in Major League Baseball. But uh, we'll see how it goes for the Cardinals. Obviously, you got uh, Alec Manoa, Miles Michaelis, the pitching matchup in that game. Uh, but let's do this here. I'm going to go the offseason. I'm going to go spring training. I'm going to go into the rotation with uh, projections via fan graphs. I'm going to go into the lineup, what I think the lineup should be, what I think the lineup will be. Uh, I'm going to go bench and bullpen thoughts, and then I'm going to look a little bit at the NL Central. Then we're going to go season uh, team and player predictions, and then we are going to uh, look at the farm system a little bit. So bear with me. This might take a little bit. Uh, I'm going to talk for a long time here. I'm ready to go. Uh, Other than this, though, I do plan on doing other Cardinal podcasts throughout the season. I don't know how much. Uh, maybe if they get up to a bad start, I'll talk about that. If they get up to a great start, I'll talk about that. Um, obviously, I talk about the trade deadline a lot. Uh, I've talked about, you know, other big changes that have happened in season, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'll get into that as well at some point this season. Uh, but anyway, let's start. Obviously, the headlining move in the offseason was uh, the Cardinals signing catcher Wilson Contreras from the Chicago Cubs. Five years, $87.5 million was the deal for him. There's a club option on this deal for 2028. Uh, the specifications of that are not known, but I believe that that deal will make uh, the deal go over $100 million if the uh, if the Cardinals pick that option up in 2028. So 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, he's locked in. So uh, with the retirement of Yadier Molina, the Cardinals needed to find a catcher that was going to you know, fit their profile, which historically has been defense. But guess what? Contreras is kind of the opposite. He's not the best defender. He's got a terrific arm. Um, but the offense is where you want him. And that's why people are so intrigued, and I'm intrigued with the Cardinals lineup this season, is because you bring in a bat like Contreras, and he he could have a season that's worse than last season, which, you know, he hit 20 homers. So I'm fine with that this season. But it would take a lot for him not to be some sort of offensive upgrade for this team because it wasn't going to happen with Andrew Kisner as the backup catcher, which he is, but it wasn't going to happen with him starting. That wasn't going to work. And Yvonne Herrera is not ready to be that number one guy. 
Uh, so I think the Contreras move makes a lot of sense. Obviously, the money is a lot, but guess what? I would have thought he would have gotten more in a five-year deal. So uh, they figured that out. And Contreras seems very thrilled to be here. He had a good spring, had a tough start to spring, but really came around late in spring. So excited to see what that uh, brings to the to the ball club. Obviously, he's going to be batting fifth. That's already confirmed. We'll see how much that moves throughout the season. Um, next up, uh, the Cardinals re-signed Adam Wainwright. One year, 17 and a half mil, which is a you know a little bit of a high number, right? Uh, obviously, things have transpired since then for him. He's He's gotten hurt. He'll start the season on the IL. Um, who knows what his season looks like? But this is the final run for him, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Obviously, I think a lot of people uh, wish that he may have retired with Yachty and Albert, but hey, Wayno wants to keep going. I don't blame him. He didn't get a chance to pitch at all in the postseason last season after being the wild card starter in 21, so we'll see. I hate to break it to him, but if the Cardinals are in the wild card series again, which is very likely given the, the status of the Braves, Dodgers, and Padres, whoever wins the NL West, I'm sure we'll have more wins than if the Cardinals were to win the Central, but he might not pitch in a three-game series again, so just saying. Uh, they also signed uh, right-handed pitcher Guillermo Zuniga, who is set to be a guy that could come out of the bullpen and has very good stuff from what I've seen. Uh, it was a one-year deal with control through at least 2028, depending on when he comes up, how much he plays, and the service time. Uh, we'll see if they get anything out of him. I mean, maybe he's a guy that comes up and is a big right-handed bullpen piece for them. I could see that. Uh, they also extended Miles Michaelis last week, two years, 40 mil. Uh, makes sense. You know, Michaelis didn't have a ton of wear and tear on his arm uh, before signing with the Cardinals after being in the bigs and then going to Japan and then coming back. Uh, so I think he, he will age fine. I just don't think that making Michaelis out to be your headline guy is the greatest thing given the status of other National League teams in the top of their rotations. I am talking about Verlander and Scherzer at the Mets. I'm talking Nola and Wheeler with the Phillies. I'm talking Strider and Freed with the uh, Braves. Burns and Woodruff or Burns and Peralta or whatever with the Brewers. So that is uh, just the, you know, kind of the deal there, um, to be fair, with the Cardinals rotation, which is a concern, no doubt. Uh, also, minor league signings, which are guys we could see sometime this season. One of them made the roster. The other one probably should have, but we'll get there. Uh, Tress Barrera, the catcher, I believe he's hurt, but had a good chance to be the potential backup over Kisner. He had a better spring than him, no doubt. Uh, outfielder old friend Oscar Mercado, who was drafted by the Cardinals, started in the system, ends up in Cleveland, played pretty well there for a while, kind of falling apart a little bit, get him down in Memphis. Uh, and they signed uh, infielder Taylor Motter, who made the roster. So congrats to him. We'll see what they get from him. We'll get into his profile and projection later on. And then they signed left-handed pitcher Andrew Suarez. So We'll get to him a little bit later. Uh, and then their big losses, obviously, Albert and Yachty retiring. We all knew that was going to be the reality at the end of the season. Obviously, Pujols had a terrific second half and overall season out, you know, exceeded expectations for sure. I'm going to need to take a lot of drinks and I'm not used to talking by myself this long for just keep going on and on. Catch your breath. All right. They lost Jose Quintana to the Mets, and Quintana came over at the deadline from Pittsburgh, gave him some great innings, gave them some great stuff. Pitched in the postseason, looked very good. I think bringing him back was less and less likely, given the fact that they have the Steven Matz contract, given the fact that Jordan Montgomery was terrific for them last season. Do you really want to deal with another guy that could be a starter, especially when you bring Wainwright back? 
It was just not in the cards for Quintana, not in the cards. Uh, Alex Reyes signed with the Dodgers, didn't pitch at all for the Cardinals last season, but gave them some uh, very streaky, spotty outings in 2021. So best of luck to Alex Reyes. Didn't think he was ever going to come back anyway. He'll probably be great for the Dodgers because that's usually how this goes. Uh, And then Corey Dickerson went to the Nationals. Dickerson had some great moments in August, I think, that month was, where he had like a 9-for-9 streak. But other than that, not great, not a big loss. You bring in a guy like Alec Burleson for a full season off the bench, I think that'll be be better. Um, All right, let's go to major takeaways from spring training. I wrote a few down. I feel like my voice is about to go at any moment. We're just gonna we're gonna bear bear with it, bear with me, as I said earlier. Uh first thought, Mason Wynn. Dot dot dot. Wow. Uh this guy, let me tell you, folks, he is going to be absolutely ready to rock and to roll. What a cringy thing to say. Uh in 2024. He's gonna be the starting shortstop next year. I would bet like a hundred bucks on it, honestly. I, I would. Cause like Mason Wynn, you could tell. Defensively, the arm is hitting pretty good to this point. I just think that, yeah, he's got hit. Walker and Wynn, future of the franchise, I think. Um, and obviously, it doesn't always work out that way, but the 2020 draft is looking pretty good. Because one through four in the picks that they made, Jordan Walker, great prospect. Mason Wynn, great prospect. Alec Burleson, good prospect. And, you know, looked good in spring, had some you know, not a great time in the majors last season when he was here for a short while. And then Tank Kent is another great prospect. So if it works out, props to Randy Flores and the scouting department because the 2020 draft is looking pretty good at the top. But it's all based on projections. But yeah, Mason Wentz should be ready to go. I could, I think we'll see him sometime this season, maybe for, for a stint. If there's an, an injury up the middle, maybe we see it. Of course, DeYoung's still here. He's on the I.L., but he'll play some sort of a factor, I guess. Uh, speaking of him, DeYoung, Yepes, and Lucan Baker is a first-base prospect. All batted under 225 with one home run apiece in spring. Not great from them. Uh, Yepes, I think we'll see him again in the majors at some point this season, but starting the season in Memphis. So it's unfortunate. He looked pretty good last season for the Cardinals. Obviously had a huge home run and gave them – uh, life in that first game against the Phillies in the postseason. Obviously, they choked it with a historically terrible ninth inning that I don't want to think about. But uh, yeah, Luke and Baker, who knows? But not a great spring for any of those guys. Uh, Alec Burleson and Dylan Carlson both played pretty well. They hit well, four home runs, 13 RBIs combined. Both had good numbers overall. So uh, Burleson making the roster. Carlson, a little bit of a platoon role coming now for him. We'll see what that brings. I think eventually we're going to see him a lot more uh, you know, in center field, depending on what happens, but that's kind of my feel. Uh, infielder Taylor Motter, who I mentioned earlier, a minor league signing, made the roster. Now, the big question with, with him for me, I know you're not going to be asking him to do a lot. He can play a lot of positions, maybe, you know, some spot starts, a little pinch hitting here and there, maybe. Um, but the big thing for me is, is it quantity over quality for him? And I know that his numbers in spring look pretty good in some spots and not so good in other spots, but he played 23 games. That's the most out of every position player that was invited to spring, okay? 231 average, 355 on base. That's good on base. 404 slugging, 759 OPS. Not bad. Better than you expect, I think. Three home runs, six RBIs, four stolen bases, 12 hits, 62 plate appearances. So I guess my thought is, since the Cardinals saw him so much during spring, does he get a roster spot? 
and rewarded because of that? Is it because of positional versatility possibly? He could play third base, first base, outfield. Is that what it is? I had a better spring than Yepes, but if we're valuing spring as much as the Cardinals seem to do in some roster decisions, there's another left-handed pitching saga in the bullpen where you're like, I don't know. I don't know, because that those are pretty big numbers in difference. But good for Motter. Interested to see what he does. I, I would be very surprised if he's on the team in September, if I'm being honest. Uh, but maybe I'm just being negative. I don't know. Maybe I am. I've been known to do that. Uh, Jake Woodford was great. He earned a rotation spot. He'll be the fifth starter now with Wainwright on the shelf. He'll actually start the fourth game, but uh, 2.04 ERA and 17 and two-thirds. So Woodford picking up where he left off last season. Um, I think the difference maybe for Jake is that there were spots where he looked even more impressive than last season, maybe a little bit of growth. Um, and the other difference obviously being is that he's going to be starting now and he started two games in spring. So obviously spring starts are not the same as regular season starts, but you're still starting the game. Uh, Dakota Hudson, not good. Not sure why he's still in the organization. Best of luck to him. He's going to be starting in Memphis. 6.23 ERA and eight and two thirds. Uh, Drew Verhagen, who got hurt last season, looked horrible last season when he was pitching. Not bad. Not bad. 1.04 ERA and eight and two thirds. But with spring, you never know if it's going to carry over. So we'll see if it does for him. Uh, and then the question I was alluding to earlier, how did Packy Naughton, who I like a lot. I like Packy Naughton a lot. I had some big, big moments for the Cardinals last season in certain spots. Had a 9 ERA and 10 innings pitch in spring while they signed Andrew Suarez to a minor league deal. Had a 1.80 ERA in 10 innings pitch. So Feels like if you're going to value spring that much for these final roster spots, maybe you should give Suarez a chance over Naughton. And I think that there could be – there's three lefties in Memphis right now that are going to be factors for if you see the other lefties struggle. So if you see Zach Thompson struggle, if you see see Packy Naughton struggle, you have Jojo Romero, Genesis Cabrera, and Andrew Suarez – in Memphis that could come up. So that's good. That's that the depth of the bullpen is not something that I'm that concerned about, but the quality is a concern. It's less of a concern than it is with the starting rotation, which is where my transition goes. Now let's deep dive the, the Cardinals rotation. We'll start with the guy who's making the start on Thursday, miles Michaelis last season. Remember fresh off a two year extension. So the extension starts next season. <clears throat> Excuse me, bear with me, bear with me. All right, this is, this is like a talking exercise because I haven't talked this much for this long in a very long time. Probably the last time I did a a solo podcast for this long, it's been six, seven months at least. All right. Uh, Miles Michaelis in 2022 went 12 and 13 with a 3.29 ERA. Uh, I got some nice metrics here too. Remember these projections are via fan graphs and I researched the stats via baseball reference. Did a lot of due diligence here, a lot of notes here. That's why this might take so long, but hopefully it doesn't take too long. I don't want whoops, I don't want people listening to this for like three hour car ride to Chicago. But anyway, I can relate. Uh 3.29 ERA, 202 and a third innings pitched, 153 strikeouts, 116 ERA plus. So if you're you know 90 plus, that's probably a good spot to be in for the Cardinal standard. <laughs> whatever that is, uh, doesn't seem high given the rotation and pitching right now. But anyway, 1.033 whip and a 3.87 FIP. A FIP is the uh, – it's essentially the fielded – why do why – do, 
it's like your ERA, but it's there's there's other factors. Okay, I know what FIP is. I just fielders independent pitching. Okay, that's what that is. Uh, it is a stat that measures a pitcher's effectiveness of preventing home runs, walks, hit by pitch, and causing strikeouts. So there you go. It's like your ERA in terms of numbers, and it's based on other factors that are not taken into account with the ERA. So it's a little deeper into the numbers. I don't know why I had to do that whole song and dance. Uh, Michael's projection via Fangraphs. The projections via Fangraphs, obviously, have their own formula. I respect it, but not looking good for the rotation. Uh, Michael's projected 11-11, okay. 3.67 ERA. I think he could take a step back. 176 innings. You'd like to get a little bit more out of that, but that's still a lot of innings. Uh, 7.98 Ks per nine, 2.5 war, 3.75 FIP. So an improvement in the FIP department, <clears throat> which is a little bit surprising, but that's where they have him. Uh, and then you go to Jack Flaherty, who, you know, what are you going to get from Jack Flaherty? We don't know. We just don't know. We don't know what he's going to be. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. Last season was lost, 2-1 and one record, 4.25 ERA, 36 innings, 33 strikeouts, 91 ERA plus, 1.611 whip, which is tough to look at, and a 4.97 FIP. Last season was lost for him. Wasn't healthy. Had moments of looking pretty good late, but just didn't have a good season overall. Uh, 23 projections, obviously an improvement. 9-9 record, 4.12 ERA projected, 147 innings, which would be great. Get him 140-plus innings again. I don't think we're ever going to see 2018 or 2019 Jack. I just don't think we're going to see it. I'm sorry to say it, but it's where I'm at. Uh, 8.38 Ks per nine, 1.2 war, 4.12 FIP. So certainly an improvement for Flaherty is is expected to come. I think that's kind of the way it should be given where he was last season. But I'm not fully convinced that he's going to be what we saw four years ago. And he doesn't have to be, but you'd like to see him be better. At least be a serviceable number three at the very least right now, right? I mean, am I crazy saying that? I don't know. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, who I expect to be, I expect us to view him as the ace at the end of the season. Uh, last year with the Cardinals after the Bader trade at the deadline, terrific. Six and three, 3.11 ERA, 63 and two thirds innings pitched, uh, 61 strikeouts, 123 ERA plus, best on the team. 1.084 whip. Pretty good. I mean, that is uh, pretty good. No doubt. Uh, and a 3.08 FIP, so a good FIP as well. 2023 projections, 12 and 9, 3.670 ERA, 176 innings pitch, 7.98 case per nine, 2.5 war, 3.75 FIP. Pretty much the best projections of any Cardinal uh, in the rotation is Jordan Montgomery right now. So, Next up, we have Jake Woodford, who, as I mentioned, do they do a six-man rotation when Wayno returns? Does Wainwright come out of the bullpen? Which I don't see that happening at all, but never say never, I suppose. Um, Woodford, we'll see how he does. Uh, 4-0 last season, made one start. Underrated, I think, in a lot of spots. 2.23 ERA, 48 and a third innings pitch. So a, not a huge sample size, but coming out of the bullpen, that's not bad. Um, 172 ERA plus. 1.117 whip and a 3.13 FIP. So a terrific season for Woodford last season. We're going to see some regression this season, no doubt. And Fangrass really thinks so. Uh, they have him going four and five with a 4.57 ERA projected, 81 innings pitch, 5.92 Ks per nine, 0.1 war, and a 4.67 FIP. 
I like to think he's going to be a little bit better than that. But we'll see. It's an entirely new role for him. Uh, more pressure. We'll see if he transitions back to the bullpen, which I think is probably likely, but I'm not 100% convinced of that. We'll see how they do it. Uh, and another guy that's going to be heavily relied on and was hurt last season and was bad when pitching is Steven Matz, who's the Cardinals' fifth starter. Obviously gave him the big payday last uh, last winter. Hasn't worked out at this point. Still time to go, I guess, but I'm not overly confident about it, but maybe I should be because the projections for him are good, and he looked pretty good late last season. Uh, but overall, 5-3 and three and 10 starts, a 5.25 ERA, 48 innings, 54 strikeouts, so – you know, 54 Ks, that's not bad. 73 ERA plus and a 1.250 whip and a 3.78 FIP. So his FIP was much better than his ERA. So that's a good thing. That's a trend you look at and you're like, okay, maybe, maybe there's something here. Uh, his projections this season, 9-9 nine and nine with a 4.36 ERA, 133 innings pitched, 8.48 Ks per nine, 1.7 war, 3.82 FIP. I would take that in a heartbeat. Uh, absolutely. 3.79 ERA. I mean, I would take that easily right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Adam Wainwright started the season on the IL, but last season, 11 and 12, 3.71 ERA, 192.2 innings pitched, 143 strikeouts, 103 ERA plus 1.283 whip, 3.66 FIP. Good numbers last season for Waino, obviously coming off of an injury now, who knows how he's going to look. I think we're going to see some definite regression, as does uh, Fangraphs with their projections. 9-9, to 4.36 ERA, 154 innings pitch, which would be great. Uh, 6.51 Ks per nine, 1.2 war, and a 4.36 FIP. We'll see what we get from Wainwright. It's his final season. Velocity looked down in spots in spring training and in the WBC. We'll see, though. My question is, is he going to have the red glove to start the season like he did at the WBC? We'll see. Uh, all right, let's get in the lineup a little bit. The, the best part of the team. MLB.com says the Cardinals have the fourth best lineup in baseball. Hard to disagree when you look at the numbers from last season, the projections for this season, and the overall makeup of the lineup. Uh, Oliver Marmol already confirmed. Brendan Donovan will lead off. I think that's great. I think that's the right decision. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado will obviously be third and fourth. And then also, um, sorry, I got distracted by something. I shouldn't be doing that. Contreras will be batting fifth. So that's your confirmed lineup. And another part of this here is that you look at the Cardinals lineup from uh, earlier this week in spring training. That could end up being their opening day uh, lineup. So I'm going to give that a look momentarily, and we'll, we'll discuss from Monday. Yesterday, sorry. Anyway. Uh, but my my lineup on opening day against right-handed pitching is the order I'm going to go on. I'm going to go over their stats last season, 2023 projections. Brendan Donovan's obviously leading off. We know that's going to happen. Uh, this is my lineup against right-handed pitching, by the way, so subtle difference. Donovan last season was terrific, batted 281. Uh, his slash line, which is obviously batting average, I'm going to go in order batting average, on base, slugging, and then OPS. So he was 281, batting average, 394. On base, uh, 379, slugging, 773 OPS, and then at 126 OPS plus, the MOB average last season was 100, so 126 OPS plus, he'll take that all day. He had five home runs, 45 RBIs, 110 hits, and 468 plate appearances. He has 23 projections via fan graphs, 268, 360, 383, eight home runs, 46 RBIs, 2.8 war. So I think Donovan's going to have a great season at the plate. 
I think that you're going to get Jeff McNeil type production out of him. And if you're not familiar with Jeff McNeil, obviously Mets uh, infielder can play different positions, left-handed hitter hits for high average. I don't think it's going to be quite to McNeil's level, which I think was like 330 last season, but I think Donovan's going to be that version. And I think we can see a little bit more power. I wouldn't be surprised to see Brandon Donovan hit more than 10 home runs this season. He had five last season and he only had 468 plate appearances. He's probably going to have at least 150 more plate appearances if he's healthy. And he looked like he had a little bit more power, a little bit more pep. I think they said about him working on his power in the offseason. So we'll see. Excited about him. I would bet Lars Newpar second, just so we're clear. Against righties, I would bet him second. Uh, last season, <clears throat> slash line of 228, 340, 448, 788 OPS, 126 OPS plus as well. Uh, 14 home runs, 40 RBI, 66 hits, and only 347 plate appearances. I. Curious to see how many more he gets this season because I think he will get more if he's healthy. Uh, 2023 Fangraphs projection, uh, slash line of 246, 341, 435, 20 home runs, 63 RBIs, and a three war. So he'll play the good defense in right field. He's got the big arm. He can play left field. He can play center field if you need him to. Uh, I think average 246 is about right, maybe a little bit higher. I think power numbers will be a little bit higher as well. He had 14 last season. And his at-bats will go up at least 150 as well. So I think we see a little bit more power out of him. <clears throat> to that, I have no doubt. Uh, then the MVP in the NL last season, Paul Goldschmidt, will bat third. Like I said, confirmed. He's not going to repeat last season, but his trajectory either way has been pretty good in his Cardinal career and in his overall career. Obviously, he was better with the Diamondbacks, but he's also getting older. But he's been terrific for the Cardinals, winning his first MVP of his career. Uh, and in spring training in the World Baseball Classic, he looked pretty good. So, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, 317, 404, 578 slash line last season, 981 OPS, 180 OPS plus 35 bombs, 115 driven in, 178 hits, 651 plate appearances. How about that? Pretty good. Uh, but projections, 273, 358, 482 slash. 29 home runs, 94 RBIs, 4.3 war. Uh, I think his average will be a little bit higher than 273 given the track record. I think home runs, I don't think he'll reach 35. I think he'll be close, though. 29 is a projection that feels about right. I think he's going to have more RBIs than 94 because I think this lineup is going to allow that to happen for him in the three-hole. Uh, and I think we're going to see maybe 115-plus out of him again. So why not, Goldie? I mean, keep it moving. He looked, he's looked pretty sharp in spring to me. He's always a slow starter, though, so you got to keep that in mind. He might start slow. Nobody needs to freak out. We should have learned that by now. He's been here for a while. Been here for a while. 19, 20, 21, 22. This is fifth season here. Something to keep in mind. And he's got another one on his contract for this year. Uh, batting fourth, third baseman, Nolan Arenado, who should be the king of St. Louis. He really should. Uh, this guy opted into his contract to stay here probably forfeited some annual average value money, which would be per season to stay here. I think teams like the Padres, not the Padres per se because of Machado, but like the Dodgers and Yankees and Mets and other big markets would have been interested in him, no doubt. Uh, but he decided to stay here, which I think we have to be very grateful for that uh, because he's, he's in it for the rest of his contract, which is a pretty long time. So thank you. I would like to thank Nolan Arenado for staying around. Uh, last season, he was great. Finished third in the NL MVP voting behind Goldschmidt and Machado. Looked good in the WBC. Looked good in spring training. Really good in spring training, by the way. Really good. 
353 slash, 891 OPS, 154 OPS plus, 30 home runs, 103 RBIs, 163 hits, 620 plate appearances last season. Now, knock on wood, Arnauto and Goldschmidt are two stars in Major League Baseball that stay healthy more often than not. So hopefully you can get 600-plus PAs out of those guys this season. That is That would be more than ideal. Uh, but his projection this season, 269, 332, 480 slash. I remember these projections are always pretty conservative. Uh, 29 home runs, 99 RBIs, 5.2 war. I think he's going to have a lot of RBIs. I think he's going to have more than 29 homers. I think he's going to bat 290 plus again, just so we're clear. That's, I think you got a chip on your shoulder. You just watched your, your good friend Goldschmidt win his first MVP. You've been knocking on the door for a while. Go win an MVP. Go win an MVP, Nolan Arenado. Okay, uh, batting fifth and confirmed Wilson Contreras, a new addition for the Cubs last season, slashed uh, 243, 349, 466 with an 815 OPS, 128 OPS plus, hit 22 home runs, 55 ribeyes, 101 hits, and 487 plate appearances. Perfectly fine with him repeating that season because you got the 128 OPS plus, which is terrific. You got the 22 home runs, which is terrific, and you got the OPS above 800. All three of those things are your checkpoints that you want from him this season. The 100 OPS plus or more, the 800 OPS, and the 20-plus home runs. So if you can get that production out of him, it would be production at the catcher spot we haven't seen in a long time. A long time. Um, His projection is 239, 20 home runs, 66 RBIs, 3.1 war, 331 on base, by the way, for 26 slugging. So that would be lower OPS, uh, Worse average, but still the 20 home run threshold. We'll see what we get. We will see what we get. Uh, either way, it, like I said, it's going to be hard to not over or outdo the production we've seen at the catcher position for a while. Okay, uh, I would have Jordan Walker batting sixth. I don't think he's going to bat sixth. I think it makes a lot of sense to let him bat sixth. Obviously, Jordan Walker, the number four prospect in baseball, the Cardinals' top prospect, first-round pick in 2020. The kid looks like he could be a superstar, only 20 years old. Cardinals, not an organization that's going to manipulate service time. They're not an organization that's going to F around with prospects at this rate or at this, at the prospects at this level, I should say. They're letting him go, let him play. We're going to see what we get. We're going to see what we get. I, I got to tell people, temper your expectations. He's 20 years old. Don't expect him to come in and just dominate the league like Albert Pujols did, okay? Don't expect that. Temper the expectations. That's all I'll say. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be really good. Maybe not really good this season, but. Rookie of the year level, he will be in the conversation, I have no doubt. Uh, his projection is 248, 306, 394, slash, 13 home runs, 57 RBIs, a .9 war. A lot of it's going to be depending on how long he's here. If he's struggling, he probably gets sent back to Memphis, and then we'll reevaluate. But I think he'll be here the whole season. I think he's that good. You can just tell. Certain guys you could just tell, and I think he's a guy that could tell. Maybe I have my Cardinal glasses on, and I'm like, okay, a little biased here. No, maybe I am. I don't know. But I like what I've seen so far. And batting seventh, I would have DHing uh, Nolan Gorman against righties. I mean, Nolan Gorman in spring looked excellent. I mean, he looked really good. He looked like he grew a lot from last season. Uh, last season, he slashed 226, 300, and 420 with a 721 OPS and 106 OPS plus 14 home runs, 35 RBI, 64 hits, and 313 plate appearances. Uh, he's going to grow this season for sure. He's going to grow. He'll hit more home runs. He'll bat a little bit better average. You'll see a better OPS plus. I think Gorman's going to have a good season. And he might even, I don't know, against lefties, I don't know if he's playable, but 
you never know uh, down the road. Uh, 23 projections for him, 236, 294, 420 slash, 17 home runs, 51 RBIs, 1.1 war. So I think he'll be a little bit better than that. But like I said, conservative uh, projections here. So I expect more out of Gorman. Uh, I would have Tyler O'Neill batting eighth in center field. He's already confirmed to be starting the season in center field, but Outside of 2021, he has not been great, and injuries are an issue, obviously, every time. Last season was rough. Uh, 228, 308, 392 slash, 700 OPS, 101 OPS plus, 14 home runs, 58 RBIs, 76 hits, 383 plate appearances. Um, not great. He's he's going to be better, I think, but him or Carlson could be guys that are traded within the next year. I'd lean O'Neill on that, too. Hopefully he can find something that he had in 2021. Um, his projection, 243, 313, 443 slash, 24 home runs, 70 RBIs, 2.7 war. I'd take that in a heartbeat, given where we were last year with him. That's all I'll say about that. And then I would have Tommy Edmond batting ninth at short. Uh, last season, 265, 324, 400 slash, 725 OPS, 108 OPS plus, 13 home runs, 57 RBIs, 153 hits, and 630 plate appearances. So played a lot. Uh, I think he'll play primary short all season. If he gets hurt, they'll probably use DeYoung, but I would love to see Mason Wynn get a shot. Um, and I think Edmund could be a guy that gets traded in the offseason to clear the pave the way for Wynn, depending on what we see from Brendan Donovan this season. That's going to be a big factor uh, for sure. Um, but Edmund, yeah, obviously great defender. That's what you love about him is defense and speed, stolen base ability, which the Cardinals lost a little bit of by trading Bader, but you still have it with with him and with with Tyler O'Neill. Uh, but his projection, I would take this as well, 264, 318, 396, 12 home runs, 59 RBIs, 3.3 war. I'd take that all day, no doubt. And then another guy to talk about real quick is Dylan Carlson, who's going to be platooning, you know, utility-type role, getting some at-bats, getting a lot of starts. Uh, last season was tough for him after a really good rookie year in 2021. His slash last season, 236, 316, 380, with a 695 uh, – a 695 OPS, uh, 100 OPS plus, uh, eight home runs, 42 RBIs, 102 hits, 488 plate appearance is not great. Uh, projection this year, 253, 332, 411 slash, 10 home runs, 44 RBIs, 2.2 war. I'd take it. I mean, I'd take it. I don't know what we're going to get from him. Hopefully he can regain that form. Look good in spring, like I said. Kind of surprised he didn't win the job in center field, but I guess they're giving O'Neill one last run at proving that he's the guy. We'll see how it works, I and mean, we'll see how it works. Uh, but I think their opening day lineup is probably going to be what we saw on Monday, which uh, they beat the Orioles in spring 8-2. to two. It was uh, Donovan, Newt Bar, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Contreras, O'Neal, Walker, Edmund. Uh, O'Neal, Gorman, Walker, Edmund, excuse me. So m- changes from what I just said would be O'Neal batting 6th instead of 8th, uh, Walker batting eighth instead of sixth would be the changes that I make. So it's probably going to be the lineup. We'll see Gorman and Walker back-to-back. That'll be interesting to see. Obviously, it should be exciting because this lineup should this lineup projects to be very, very good. This lineup projects to be one of the best in the league. So that's why you got to be excited about this season more than anything is the potential of this lineup is, like, off the charts. And on the bench, you have options as well to, to come in and get some hits for you. You obviously have, uh, you know, Nolan Gorman will be on the bench in certain spots, but that doesn't really count. Alec Burleson, 
it's a guy that'll come off the bench and give you some give you some uh, at bats. Taylor Motter, like I said, he can hit a little bit, but the bench, yeah, not as great as I just said. But Yepes will be here at some point. He'll be a bench guy that'll be of value, I think, if things work out the way they the way that I think they do uh, against lefties. I think you're probably going to see Walker assume the DH role with uh, Carlson, O'Neill, and Newbar playing in the outfield. So against lefties, I think is where you're going to see a lot of Dylan Carlson because he's been good against lefties historically. So I think that's where you're going to see him a lot. But you know, like I said, the lineup is something to be excited about. Let's do a little bit of the bullpen here. Let's let's talk a little bit about the bullpen. Obviously, you have Helsley's going to be your closer. Ideally, your setup guys are probably Giovanni Gallegos and Andre Pallante. I think Pallante is going to be a guy they stretch out a little bit too at times. And I think Helsley is a guy that you could use in the eighth or the ninth, a little bit of the versatility of what the modern-day bullpen is now, which is like it's not always the primary closer in this day and age. We saw the Mets use Edwin Diaz in the eighth inning a lot last year. So I think the Cardinals do something similar to that. Uh, Jordan Hicks, we'll see. Got to stay healthy. Got to be consistent. I think he's a guy that can stretch out as well. Another guy, Zach Thompson, who I'm very excited about. We'll get to him later. The lefty, uh, 25-year-old, former first-round pick in 2019. Chris Stratton and Drew Verhagen are two right-handers there that are going to eat up innings in, in bad games. And come in after a starter doesn't last very long. So, uh, you know, not overly excited about them. But Stratton was okay last season. And Verhagen was good in spring. Terrible last season in the regular season, though. Uh, projected 4.33 ERA for Verhagen this year. 3.76 projection for uh, Stratton, which would be great. Stratton 3.76 would be great. And Packy Naughton, obviously, the other left, we talked about him earlier. Uh, but this is, you know, there's continuity here because everybody in this bullpen to start the season was here last season at some point. So there's continuity there. There's the same type of continuity in the rotation as well. But uh, how how far can continuity take you? Another guy is Wilking Rodriguez. He's got really good stuff. They drafted him Rule 5 in uh, December from the Yankees. He's got great stuff. He's starting the year on the IL, though. Shoulder discomfort. But, hey, when he's there, I think he'll they'll give him a look as well. I'll say that. So the bullpen, I think, is serviceable enough to help them contend because uh, the rotation is a huge question mark. I think it's better than the national media or the outside looking in people think. Maybe that's me being biased again, but I think it's a little bit better than that. But there obviously is a lack of a true ace, which historically speaking, the winning teams have a true ace. Let's look at 2022. The Houston Astros won the World Series. Their ace, Justin Verlander. The runner-up last season, the Philadelphia Phillies, Aaron Nola or Zach Wheeler was was their ace. 2021, the Braves, take your pick. Take your pick. I mean, Max Freed, Charlie Morton was really good for them. And the runner-up that year was the Astros, Verlander again. So you got to have a true ace to win. So maybe a guy will emerge as that. Flaherty looked like that four years ago. Not holding the breath, though. Not holding the breath. A little bit about the NL Central here. I think the Brewers and the Cubs are really the only threats that the Cardinals are going to have to worry about. The Brewers uh, this season brought in uh, William Contreras and Jesse Winker and Brian Anderson all in their lineups. Some nice additions there. The Brewers have a maybe an underrated lineup, but I picked them to finish third in the division, so what do I know? Uh, But, I mean, hey, you know, Yelich, is he ever going to regain that form? Who knows? Adamas is a good power hitter. Rowdy Tellez is a good power hitter. William Contreras is an up-and-coming potential star, 25 years old. Amazed they got him in that trade, but obviously the the Braves went with Sean Murphy. 
Uh, Winker is a good hitter, has killed the Cardinals in the past. Luis Urias is a good, a solid hitter. Garrett Mitchell and center is a young player uh, drafted in the first round of 2020. So they have their 2020 first-round pick playing as well. Brian Anderson used to be good for the Marlins. We'll see if he regains that form. And then Bryce Terang is another young guy. They got uh, first-round pick in 2018. So Brewers lineup is, is solid. Rotation, obviously Burns and Woodruff speak for themselves. Peralta not as good last season, but we'll see if he can regain that. Eric Lauer, Wade Miley, solid. Uh, but the, the rotation's good, and their bullpen's pretty good in the back end. Some question marks up in the middle. So the Brewers should be good again. Uh, the Cubs, obviously, who knows what they're going to look like. Obviously, they brought in a lot of pieces. Uh, they brought in Dansby Swanson for agency. They brought in Trey Mancini. They brought in Cody Bellinger, Eric Hosmer, Edwin Rios, and Tucker Barnard. They're projected to have six free agents that they just signed starting for them in their lineup with the exception of Nico Horner, Ian Happ, and Patrick Wisdom returning against righties at least. So, I mean, their lineup looks a lot more more of a threat, I guess, but I'm still not too worried. I do think they have a surprise year and finish second, but the rotation, there's a lot of question marks. I think this Hayden Wesneski, who they got from the Yankees, in a uh, in a trade last season looks really good. I think he's got great stuff. I think he'll be good. Drew Smiley's a question mark. Jamison Tyone is a question mark. Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman are both solid. Obviously, their bullpen got some nice pieces in the bullpen. I'm not sure how it'll shake out. No real no real threat at the on the real back end though. With you know Brandon Hughes, Brad Boxberger, Michael Fulmer possibly being three guys that assume your closer role is not great. Their bullpen's probably the worst of any team in this division that I expect to do anything. And you got to remember, Seiya Suzuki's hurt, so he'll be in the lineup too. I, I guess I forgot about that, but no point in spending any time on the Reds or Pirates, but it is certainly the Cubs and Brewers should be solid, and they will compete with the Cardinals all season for the division, but the Cardinals obviously being the favorites, I hope that that comes to fruition, right? you got to hope for that. All right, let's do Cardinals season team and player predictions. Here we go. I think they'll go 90 and 72. I, I could see a scenario where they win the division with 87 or 88, maybe 89 wins. But I think they win the division 90 and 72. Um, I think the team MVP and the NL MVP is Nolan Arenado. I think he's going to have a big season. High expectations there. Uh, team Cy Young, as I alluded to earlier, I think Jordan Montgomery is going to be terrific this season. He's just the type of horse, the type of bulldog, the type of big lefty with good stuff that you want to see that fits with the Cardinals. It really does. It fits. So I think uh, I think we're going to see Montgomery have a, a great season if he's healthy. Uh, my team rookie leader has got to be Jordan Walker because there's really no other option here. Alec Burleson, I guess, would count, but I don't see that. I think if Walker stays here, he's going to be that guy. I don't know if he's going to have a big season or not. Like I said, you got to temper the expectations a little bit, but Jordan Walker Team Rookie of the Year. Best average, I'm going to say Brendan Donovan. I'm going to say he bat 307 is my guess. Uh, I'd take that all day, any day. I think he's a potential 200-hit guy down the road. I think that's how much I believe in his hitting ability. You could just see it. You could just see it. Looked like a, a veteran last season. Looked like a veteran. Um, Most home runs, I'm going Nolan Arenado with 37. He had 30 last season, so this would be an uptick. And Goldschmidt had 35 last season. I think Goldschmidt's probably around 32 this year. Uh, most RBI, I'm going to go Goldschmidt, 121. I'll say Arenado has about 114. So I expect this line to be driving in the runs, folks, driving in the runs. 
Um, best overall ERA. How about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to the bullpen for this one. I'm gonna say Zach Thompson. I'm gonna say 2.38. I think Zach Thompson is gonna be awesome this season in that long relief or middle relief role. Give me Zach Thompson 2.38. Uh, surprise success. Give me Tyler O'Neill. I think Tyler O'Neill stays relatively healthy this season. Hits 30 homers. Give me that. Why not? Why not take the, take the shot there? I think Tyler O'Neill will be good. Surprise disappointment. I'm going to go Tommy Edmond. However, I'm not saying this because of his defense. I'm saying this because I think his offensive numbers are going to take a bit of a dip, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a disappointment. Relatively speaking to what I believe everybody else is going to do, which is going to be good. So maybe I'm being too positive. Here's a trade deadline prediction for you. I'm going to say the Cardinals go out and they're like, hey, let's get another rotation piece. Let's get another horse we can throw in the middle of the top of the rotation. We're not going to give up any super high-end prospects. We'll give you some major league talent, no doubt. I'm going to say the Cardinals go out and they say, hey, the Rays, they're struggling a little bit. Like, I think the Rays are going to finish fourth in their division, neither here nor there. What can we What can we give you for Tyler Glass now? I'm going to say the Cardinals acquire Rays right-handed pitcher Tyler Glass now at the trade deadline. So think about that. Uh, and then I think gold gloves, I think they get three of them this year. I think Arenado continues the streak. I think Newt Bar gets a gold glove, and I think Edmund gets one as well. Um, I think they win in the wild card series over the Phillies. They get revenge from last season, but I think they lose in the NLDS, the Braves in four. I guess it would be a successful season. They win a playoff series, but obviously you always want to get close to the World Series, but obviously the, the structure of the NL now makes that kind of difficult, right? Somewhat. Uh, All right, let's do real quick here the farm system. Going into the season, the top 10 guys. Mason Wynn is number 50 overall on MLB.com. He's number two in the Cardinals system. His MLB ETA, like I said, it's got to be next season. We will see Mason Wynn next season. I I promise, I think, everybody. Uh, Number two, or I guess Walker's still number one, so this would make Tink Hintz, the right-handed pitcher. He's got nasty stuff, by the way. Another 2020 draft pick, I'm telling you, folks. The 2020 draft. Look out. Uh, 77th overall prospect in baseball in the top 100, third in the Cardinal system. Next season is their ETA for him. We'll see. We'll see. Another guy, uh, right in the picture, Gordon Graceffo, 79th overall prospect in baseball, number four in the Cardinal system. Could see him this season at some point. Their ETA is 2023. I could see it being next season as well, though. He's knocking on the door. Uh, outfielder Alec Burleson. 91st overall prospect in baseball, fifth in the Cardinals system, made the roster, so we will see him uh, on the team this year at some point, or for points, because he was here a little bit last season. Another guy that we saw a little bit of last season, Matthew Libertor, the number six prospect in the Cardinals system, starting the season in Memphis. I don't know what to say. We'll see. We'll see with him. We don't know. Uh, the number seven prospect is Connor Jerpy, Herpy, Hajerpy, Hajerpy. I don't know. He's a 2022 first-round pick out of Oregon State. He's the Cardinals' number seven prospect. MLB ETAs in 2025. So another lefty there. Uh, 2021 first-round pick out of UC Santa Barbara, the Gauchos. Number eight prospect in base, uh, not in baseball, in the Cardinals system. And his ETA is 2024. That's Michael McGreevy. See when we see him. Ivan Herrera, catcher, could be in St. Louis soon. He's the number nine prospect in the system. And then Jonathan Mejia, who is number 10, in the system, international signing, ETA 2027, 17 years old. So that's a down-the-road prospect. But 
I'm excited. I think the top of the system is really good. I think the roster, the lineup this season is really good. I think the bullpen's better than expected. I think the rotation, a lot of question marks, obviously, but should be a good season. Like I said, I'll be doing different things for this out throughout the season with the Cardinals, talking about it, maybe having people on to talk about it. But uh, this was the preview show. Hopefully I gave you enough numbers, enough stats to think about why this team should be positively viewed. High expectations. We'll see what they give you, but I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. And uh, I look forward to seeing everybody later on. Obviously, my Substack, you can check that out. Uh, at Ethan Carter SW on Twitter, you can check out the Substack. You'll have you'll be able to see um, articles. I'm writing an MLB season predictions article that's published Wednesday morning. So I don't. I guess I'm just going to drop this right away. So hope everybody enjoyed. I'll see you later on the season. We'll talk a lot of Cardinals on here. So be be tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's the term.